Welcome to the Baseball America podcast. I'm Teddy Cahill. Here with me today is Mike Lanana and Jim Schonard. We're going to talk some college baseball. It was opening weekend this, uh, this weekend here across the country, opening day on Friday. Very exciting day. And following the, the first weekend of games, we have our first updated top 25 rankings of, of the season. Uh, we finally have games to talk about, and you know we, we were able to, to get out to some games, and, and we'll talk about that. But first, we want to talk about the new poll. It looks a lot like the preseason poll. Florida remains number one. Louisville remains number two. In fact, the top seven teams are all unchanged. Uh, we have two new teams in the poll this week. North Carolina enters at number 20 after beating UCLA in a series. And Georgia Tech comes in at number 23. They went undefeated in uh, their tournament, the uh, the Atlanta Challenge. So two new ACC teams gives that conference seven teams, uh, matches the SEC for the, the most teams in the poll. So really no surprises this weekend, you guys. Uh, you know, when we were talking about the poll this morning, I, you know, I think we, uh, we, we hit on a few other teams besides North Carolina and and Georgia Tech while we were looking, um, but you know, in, in the end, the, this poll so early in the season, not too many changes. Uh, you know, uh, mo- most teams won the the, the games they're supposed to win, and so th- this is what we get. Exactly. I mean, I mean, a lot of these top teams didn't um, push themselves too hard. I mean, some of them did. Obviously, Virginia did. They had a good field there in Myrtle Beach, which uh, you saw. We can talk about them, but. Other ones, I mean, you got you know Louisville against uh, SAU Edwardsville, A and M plays Hofstra. So for the most part, teams you know you know they didn't uh, you know go crazy here on opening weekend, but they took care of their business, uh, except with a few exceptions that we'll talk about. Uh, well, thanks for coming out USC, but uh, yeah, I mean for the most part. And then you got you know like LSU and Houston beating you know northern teams, uh, stuff like that. Michigan against Canisius, another one. Obviously, Michigan's a northern team itself, but. So yeah, so for the most part, teams taking care of business, and uh, yeah, so kind of, I'm you know, just kind of keep a lot of chalk here, and then we'll uh, you know move forward. Well, there weren't really too many surprises this week, I don't think. You know, other than you know a couple of the the places where we were. I mean, I, I know I was certainly surprised. You know, covering Cal Duke, what happened there. We can touch more on that a little bit later on. But you know, for the most part, I, I think you know coming into you know the first poll that we do. You know, you always expect a lot of shock. You don't want to be too reactionary to, to what happened in, in a couple of games. So. Yeah, I think one thing that's important to remember about um, the Baseball America rankings this early in the season is is it's still, in many ways, a projection of what we think it will be at the end of the year. You know, eventually the rankings start being more about what's happened on the field, but you know, still early in the season, it, it's still more projecting out uh, obviously with, with with new information that, that we got from the weekend you know we're we're kind of reevaluating certain projections but it, it still is um about where where the teams will end up uh so that's how you know north carolina enters the poll uh but is still ranked behind ucla i i think that's that that's the thinking on that you know I, that one might stand out for a few people that that UCLA loses a series at home to UNC, but remains ahead of them in the poll. And I guess that's because we we still feel pretty good about what the Bruins can be um, by the end of the year. So, Jimmer, you've been doing this uh, here the longest. You know, it, I mean, that, that's about that. Yeah, that's pretty much. It's yeah. Over the course of the year, it kind of it's kind of a sliding 
sliding scale, I guess we call it, um, Maria, like, yeah, like you said, you, you were right. I mean, that the uh, early on, it's still about, you know, evaluating, you know, just based on the talent we think teams will have and how good we think they'll be. And when you get to the end, you know, the final pre or the final uh, ranking is, you know, you win the national championship, you're number one. So that's kind of full, comes full circle, goes all the way to the other end, uh, all the way to the other, other end of the scale by the end. But yeah, right now it's still, uh, these are the teams we think will be good. I mean, obviously we move some teams down, move some teams up a little bit based on what happens, but it's not, uh, you know, we're not ranking North Dakota. Sorry, but <laughs> we're not going to do that. But uh, yeah, so. But yeah, so for the most part, it's still projection. Yeah, three three new teams in the top ten: LSU, uh, Houston, and Louisiana Lafayette move up. And, and Mike, what do you uh, what do you think about those teams moving in? In a lot of ways, it's just kind of a product of you know a couple of top ten teams struggling. Um, someone had to fill those spots. But I mean, you know, LSU. I, I think you know obviously their their lineup is basically an entirely new lineup, other other than Jake Fraley. So to be able to kind of find their groove and you know put up twelve runs. Um, on Sunday, I mean, facing Cincinnati, but but still, it's it's good to see them kind of getting that together. And I think as long as they have Jared Poche and Alex Lang, you know, they're going to be a threat every weekend because those two are money. Especially Lang, who you know picked up right where he left off. I like Houston a lot. You know, even though they didn't have Seth Romero, you know, they still pitched well, and it's a high-powered offense. I mean, Joe Davis was you know arguably the most powerful freshman coming in, and. You know, he had a, a great first weekend, and Corey Jolks, I know they're expecting a lot out of him. He had a great first weekend, too, so I like them a lot. And then you look at Louisiana Lafayette, and their veteran team returning a, a lot of talent from last year, and, you know, they're they're picking up where they left off, too. So I, I feel comfortable in all three of those teams that they're, you know, top 10 caliber. LSU uh, started the weekend against Cincinnati a little shaky, um, that game went into extra innings, and LSU had to rally. They were down to the their last out twice uh, before they they were finally able to put the Bearcats away. So to see them rebound the next two days and, and really take care of business uh, was encouraging. You know, coming off that that opening night scare, uh, but yeah, I mean the, those three teams, I, I think we all feel pretty comfortable with that. They'll, they'll get things, um, or that, that they'll keep things rolling. So the, the top 10 teams moving out then are Cal, Oklahoma State, and UCLA. And that UCLA-North Carolina series uh, was one of the premier series of the weekend. North Carolina wasn't ranked coming into the season. We did discuss them in the preseason. And, but you know, even, even if UNC wasn't having or, or wasn't expected to be all that great this year, or, or UCLA for that matter, I mean, that's still two premier programs in college baseball. And you know that that's fun to see them matching up on on opening weekend, and the two of them played a a, a good series there in L.A. UNC won the first game. Zach Gallen uh, went out and and pitched really well on on Friday night, and and UNC shuts out UCLA on opening day, and then UCLA comes back the next day and and gets a, a win coming back against the the North Carolina bullpen, and then the Tar Heels win the, win the rubber match and, and win the series. And I talked with Mike Fox last night, and he, you know, the North Carolina last year missed the, the tournament. Uh, they, it was a disappointing finish for them. They're very much used to going to regionals, and that was the first time in, in 13 years they hadn't. And he said that, that he told his team that if, 
if you want people to, to stop talking about last year, you got to give them something to talk about this year. And that's what they went out and did. You know, it, it's going to take more than that, obviously. But, um, you know, that that's the start of, of the new conversation, I guess. So what, what do you think about uh, the, the statement from the Tar Heels this weekend, Mike? The thing about the Tar Heels is they always seem to do the opposite of what they what I think they're going to do in a lot of ways. But yeah, no, I think it was it was you know one of the loudest weekends that any team had. Um, certainly, you know, within this top twenty five to make it in there. I mean, they they were a team that were right on the cusp of our top twenty five, but you know they they lost so much just on the offensive side with with some players transferring out and and graduation and all that. So I think we all got a, had a sense that they were going to have the starting pitching. You know, Zach Allen and Jay Bukowskis, even though he, he struggled a bit, he's got the stuff to be, you know, a high-quality starter. So I think, I think we all thought they were going to pitch. It's just a matter of, hey, can they hit? Can this group of freshmen and, and Juco transfers really put it together? This weekend they were able to, and they did it impressively against, you know, a, a high-quality pitching staff for UCLA and John, and John Savage's team. But, you know... We'll have to see if they can repeat it. You can do it in one weekend, but you have to do it weekend after weekend. So I think, you know, if they come away with a series win against Oklahoma State this weekend, it can go a long way toward answering those questions that they have. North Carolina is a, a bit of a young team. Um, they started three freshmen and three sophomores and, and one junior college transfer. You know, so it's a it's a new-look lineup and in, in some respects. And uh, but one, one of the guys that, that did come through uh, returning-wise was Tyler Ramirez, who had a a good weekend, and he celebrated his 21st birthday uh, Sunday with a home run in that victory. So that's a that's a, he's an important piece for them. Just as uh, him and Brandon Miller are kind of the, the two big returning uh, players in that lineup. So it, when, when they have those guys going, North Carolina should should be able to score some runs. But they are going to need some help around them, uh, especially from these these freshmen that, that UNC brought in. It was a there's a solid recruiting class again for the Tar Heels as they've become accustomed to doing. You know, so it, it's a team to watch. But Jim, the the Bruins there, they have a, a very young team as well, and and now they they have no let up in this schedule. They open with with North Carolina. They have Cal Poly, mm-hmm. uh, and then they have the the big uh, Dodger Stadium tournament with Mississippi State, Oklahoma, and, and USC. So it, it's a it's a tough tough looking schedule for them and they've got to get it figured out pretty quickly now it seems like exactly I mean so we ranked uh so we had UCLA 10 in the preseason now they're not you know without uh, you know so they were without you know without Daryl Miller Jr. their catcher for long term there and Nick Belike out you know this weekend so I mean it's I mean they're not what right now they're not exactly what we thought they would be just they're kind of they're just you know, guys aren't out there they're a little shorthanded so I mean, that's certainly a factor um I mean that doesn't I mean, obviously, it's impressive that Carolina goes out there and beats them. I think one of the things we talk about with a series like that is, you know, Carolina, they don't have to go across the country to play somebody. I mean, that's, so the fact that they're willing to do that is, you know, that's, you know, to their, certainly to their credit. Um, but for UCLA, I mean, so we have them at 15 now, and, you know, they've kind of got, they've kind of got to figure it out a little bit with, at the plate. I mean, it was, I mean, obviously, Carolina's got, obviously, like you were saying, they've got a couple of good arms in Bukowskis and Gallon, but it's, uh, the the Bruins they've got a they've got a like you were saying they've got a tough schedule coming up and obviously in the Pac-12 there are not many breaks you got they got to play well every weekend so there it's definitely I wouldn't say it's you know you don't have to panic about UCLA but there's definitely reason to uh, 
Yeah, you know, a moment of pause here after losing a series at home. Yeah, I, I think any team coached by John Savage, you know, you, you feel decent about the, the talent that's there and his ability to use it uh, in, in ways that, that are going to make them successful. But at the same time, it's a young team. There are a lot of guys learning new roles. You know, James Caprillion is gone. The, the safety net at the back end of the bullpen and David Berg is now gone. And their, their catching situation is far from ideal um, with Miller out and now... Uh, freshman Jake Hirabashi, a converted infielder, has to has to really step up behind the plate. But nothing to panic about yet for UCLA. But there is there is going to be some work that they have to do. You know, and the thing about the Bruins though is obviously they're going to need to hit better than they did this weekend. And there are legitimate questions in that lineup, especially with the injuries that they've had now and and the turnover from last year. But you look at when they won their national championship in, in 2013, and you look at you know the offensive club that they had then, I mean, they hit, what, 220 as, as a it's team in that college world series? I mean, they've shown in the past that they can they can win and still put it together without having that strong offensive club. Obviously, you'd rather hit better. You know, you'd rather you'd rather have the offense. You'd rather have the runs that they, they scored last year, but I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that they could still be a successful team this year without having as high-powered an offense as they did a year ago. Yeah, no doubt. Um, especially with the with the arms on that club, you know, freshman All American Griffin Canning is on Saturday, and Molnar did not have the greatest debut for for them on Sunday. But he's a guy that, as a freshman, should be able to be just fine in that that Sunday starter role. And if, if Grant Dyer can uh, can hold down Friday nights, I mean that that's a it's a great start to a pitching staff right there. And and you know, there's there's more in the bullpen. It's really just going to be a matter of those guys getting used to those roles, I think. Across town in L.A. was probably the most stunning result of opening weekend. Oh, boy. Southern Cal hosts North Dakota, uh, you know, a, a whack team that is still relatively new to Division One. They had a, a, a good season last year, but they lost 12 seniors from that team. But North Dakota goes into L.A. and comes out with a series victory. They win one nothing on opening day behind a great pitching performance, and then they come back the next day, and they win 5-4. And then on, um, on Sunday, they pushed the Trojans to the limit again. The USC had to, had to, go, to, extra, or had to go to the ninth inning, and it, it was a tie game, and, and they walked off North Dakota. But the Trojans uh, were a team that... that had a lot of returning players. It was a very old team, and, and that was why a large part of the reason why they, they started the season ranked number 16, but that did not get them anywhere against North Dakota. And, and immense credit to North Dakota for going in and winning in L.A. You know, Zach Muckenhern on, uh, on Friday night. Um, yeah, <laughs> he's a... Uh, He's a he pitched a an incredible ball game. It was a three hit shutout for the lefty. You know USC though. I mean, no, no matter how you slice this, this was stunning. And USC is now, I they, they're going to have to regroup pretty quickly. Yeah, I mean, you'd figure an older team like that would be ready to to you know to come out and I mean, so they, you know, when you looked at their their schedule, I mean, they've got a very tough schedule coming up. So you figure they probably you know. Schedule North Dakota here because this will be three easy wins to get the season started, and you you wonder if they probably were 
caught off guard to find themselves in, in a dogfight. Kind of like you were saying, I mean, they're an older team. They should have been able to kind of guard against that. But then that also, kind of the one, you know, the guy they lose, you know, they lose Garrett Stubbs, who was kind of the heart and soul of that team. And you kind of wonder if they were kind of maybe looking for, you know, you imagine he's probably the guy they really looked to last year when things got tough and he wasn't there. So they kind of have to find someone else to kind of take, you know, take the bull by the horns when you're in a, a series like that, especially when you probably, I don't know if they thought they could coast through it or what, but, I mean, that was, it was a very... It was not a good, a good look at all. I mean, I wrote about this a little bit. I mean, on the recap. I mean, that's there's a lot. lot there's 53 games left, so there's plenty of time to make up for it. But I mean, if you're they're a team that's going to aspire to be a host and all that kind of stuff, losing a home series to North Dakota is a big blight on your resume. No matter uh, really, no matter what happens. Yeah, and USC, you know, speaking about their their aspirations, last year, you know, make it to regionals for the the first time in in a long time. I, I believe it was a decade. Yeah, I mean, oh five was the last time. Yeah, and and so Dan Hubs gets that team to a regional. And well, they did kind of fade down the stretch. They they started very hot last year, and we I think we ran them up into the top ten, and then they faded. So this is kind of this is yeah, this is a little uh, I'll say picking up where they left off. <laughs> it's disconcerting for sure. Yeah, I mean, just looking at the offensive production, I mean, I think they're going to pitch. I think they're going to be okay pitching-wise, especially, I know, they're without Mitch Hart and Merrick Krause this weekend, and, you know, if you can get those guys back healthy, they can give you a lift. But I, I think the thing that really stands out to me is, you know, from talking with, with Coach Dan Hubs before the season, I know he was really hoping guys like Reggie Southall would, would step up. I'm looking at Reggie Southall. He went 0 for 12 with six strikeouts this weekend. You know, he was hoping he could be a top-of-the-order type hitter for them. I look at... Timmy Robinson, a veteran on that team, he went one for 11, five strikeouts. You know, Jamie Martinez went, went two for 10. I mean, a lot of these a lot of these veteran guys just really struggled this weekend, and you, you would expect that they would snap out of it over the course of the season, but obviously, I mean, losing two out of three to the North Dakota is not a good look, and it, it's tough to justify keeping them in there, you know, after that kind of performance this weekend. You could certainly be happy with Kyle Davis, though. I think, I think you know, Kyle Davis is going to give them a chance to win every Friday. He's a legit Friday night guy. Yeah, he nearly matched uh, Muck and Hearn uh, on Friday night, so that that was a good that, that was definitely a good look for them. And again, credit to the Fighting Hawks. Uh, when I talked to Jeff Dodson on Sunday, uh, North Dakota's coach, he said that, that you know what, what his team did that the key was they they went in there and and they had the right mentality. They pitched well, and he also mentioned that North Dakota recently opened an indoor facility that had allowed them to, to do more practice work than they, they had been able to do in the past. They were able to, to work on you know, things like defensive positioning and so that it wasn't being out in L.A. on Friday night was not the first time that they had really been, been doing a lot of this stuff. But again, credit to them. USC, however, is going to have to find some answers here. They were all close games this weekend, but... you. North Dakota was picked ninth in the preseason whack poll by by the coaches, and take preseason polls with a grain of salt if you want to. But this is this is still a, a pretty stunning upset there on opening weekend. So then we have uh, one other pretty big series upset. Uh, that was one that that happened you know pretty close to our, our office here at Baseball America, and Cal comes uh, comes east plays Duke, and they won on Friday night, but. Then they, they lost the next two games, and, and Duke takes the series. And, Mike, you were there 
Uh, so what what happened this weekend, and, and what stood out to you? Yeah, well, first of all, I mean, it, it was it was quite the trek from our office to the Durham, <laughs> Durham Bulls Athletic Park in the, in downtown Durham. Yeah, you know, it was it was a really you know it reminded me of the the regional last year that Cal was in at Texas A and M. You know, the last two games they played against Texas A&M went down to the wire, both extra inning games. Really just great baseball to watch. And really, this weekend was a great series. All three games, I think either team could have won. They, they were, you know, competitive at bats, you know, scratching and clawing, coming back. I mean, it was, it was a great baseball. I couldn't have asked for a better, better opening weekend, uh, even though it was really chilly Friday night. I wasn't too happy about that. But... <laughs> You know, it. I, uh, you know, I, I still, obviously, we still like Cal's team a lot, and, you know, I don't come away from that weekend thinking Cal was bad. I think I was more just impressed with Duke than I, than I was, you know, down on Cal. I mean, Cal's a veteran lineup. They all put competitive at-bats up there. Nick Hallmanderis was, was crushing the ball. He was hitting it off the Blue Monster time and time again, it seemed like, in, in left field. And, you know, they have, you know, Aaron Knapp at the, at the top of the order, who's a dynamic player, a toolsy guy, and a powerful guy, and Brett Cumberland. I mean, I think they're going to hit, and I think they have enough pitching. Certainly, Dalton Jeffries looked, looked strong. He went toe-to-toe with Bailey Clark for Duke, who was, was dominant, you know, touching 98 on the gun, working in the mid-90s, you know, a power-breaking ball. Yeah, you know, it was, you know, yeah, I mean, it's an upset in terms of, in terms of rankings, in terms of the fact that Duke wasn't ranked, but I do, I do like Duke's team. I do think they're a team to watch going forward because they do have a veteran weekend rotation. They have three guys that are going to give you a chance to win, and they do have some bats. You know, I was impressed with guys like Jalen Phillips and, and Chris Perez this weekend, veteran guys who, you know, can swing it and were swinging it well, so... I would watch out for Duke, and you know, honestly, the middle of the ACC is is kind of scary right now because I, I think there are a few teams there that have the potential to to have big years and you know possibly maybe work their way into a regional. This uh, was the return trip uh, last year. Uh, Duke went out to Cal, and, and they won that series as well. So it'll be interesting to see where Duke goes from here. You know, Chris Pollard has uh, really been been building things over there, and. Um, you know, I guess this is uh, year four for him there, so it, it'll be interesting to see where where the Blue Devils go from here with Bailey Clark on Friday night. Uh, especially, they're they're going to have they're going to have a chance every in in every series to to be competitive. And I think last year, I mean, after that Cal series, they had some unfortunate injuries too, which which really sapped them, especially on the pitching side. And you know, obviously, you can't you can't predict injuries, but if they stay healthy, if if they keep you know, the core players that they have right now and stay healthy, I do think they have a chance to, you know, to be competitive. One thing with um, with Cal is, you know, like Jim was saying with, with North Carolina, they don't have to come across the country and play that series. So, you know, they, they go out and they play three really close games, and honestly, they could have won this series pretty easily. Um, you know, it, it definitely was a, a close series, and, and all three games were, were tight. So the, the Golden Bears, you know, were... We're going to look for them to bounce back, and, and I don't think this is time to panic for, for Cal at all. Mm-mm. No, I, I still like their team. Um, you know, the, the only thing is behind Jeffries and Mason and, and Matt Ledresh both, you know, weren't particularly sharp on, on Saturday and Sunday. I think I mean, Mason's a solid Saturday guy. He's a, you know, 86-88 sinker guy. You know, he's gonna he's been there before, so I think he's going to be okay. They might need to figure out Sunday a little bit, although I, I, I like what Jeff Bain did in relief. He started some for them last year, so they have options there to turn to if they need to. 
So while Mike uh, stayed local, went over to, to that series, Jim, you went out to Wilmington for, for the tournament hosted by uh, UNC Wilmington there. And, mm-hmm. and how, uh, how did Wilmington look out there? Uh, Seahawks looked pretty good. I mean, they uh, won two of their games very easily, and then they had a tough, a little bit of a closer game yesterday with Richmond. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that's, uh, that's a veteran team, especially in the lineup. They've got a lot of athleticism. Uh, you know, got guys like... Um, you know, like Stephen Linkus and uh, Robbie Thorburn, Gavin Stupinski, those are veteran guys that have won a lot of games. That's a program that's used to competing. So they'll, I mean, they'll, they'll we have, we tab them as the favorites in the uh, Colonial, and they certainly looked the part uh, on opening weekend. Um, you know, pitching-wise, they've got to figure a few things out. They've got a, they've got a steady Friday guy in Ryan Foster, and they've got a closer in Jared Gazelle. But um, other than that, they're kind of, you know, in the in the in between those two, they're still kind of figuring things out. Uh, the freshman Alex Royalty threw threw well on Saturday. I think um, he was kind of a sinker baller guy, but so he looked pretty good. And uh, Mike, I'm sure he would have had fun making puns with his name, uh, Royalty. But uh, oh, I'm sure. Um, and they also have a, a freshman named Gunner Deal, very good pitcher's name. Very good. But um, <laughs> I'm, I'm salivating. <laughs> I know you need to see, you need to get to a Seahawks game, but. Uh, yeah, so they 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 looked very good. I mean, they still get. It looks kind of like I said, they've got to figure out a little bit in the middle on the mound, but I think the pieces are there. Um, as far as the other teams, uh, Richmond was kind of the pleasant surprise. They can really hit. Um, you know, Tyler Beckwith, their shortstop, had a very good weekend. Um, they've got some other veteran guys there that can put up some runs. Uh, pitching's a little, a little more iffy, but. <laughs> It was a lot of offense in that on that weekend. A lot of had to sit through a lot of uh, lopsided games, unfortunately. Uh, St. John's was kind of mm-hmm. St. John's was disappointing. They were kind of the team. Them and Wilmington, I figured, would be the best teams to go see there. And they, the Johnnies, they could not pitch. They really, they really. I mean, we knew that was kind of the issue with them, but they really struggled. Um, I think all their starters. I think their first two starters both got knocked out before the third inning, and then they're. Relievers didn't fare much better, so they've got a lot to figure out there. Um, and Western Carolina was the other team, but we kind of they struggled, but that wasn't too surprising. But uh, yeah, so I mean, Wilmington looked good. They'll be, uh, you know, tough schedule. You know, the CAA looks pretty good. Uh, you know, Charleston won a series with Nebraska and Northeastern. We kind of touched on there, split that series with Oklahoma, which was uh, kind of made a little noise. So. That's going to be a pretty decent league. It's got a shot to be a multi-bid league if the, you know, things fall their way. So, obviously, they'll be a team to watch. And, I'm Teddy, obviously, you were down down the coast a little bit in Myrtle and saw a good, uh, good field down there. Yeah, uh, I, I went to Myrtle Beach, and Coastal Carolina hosted uh, you know, their typical season opening tournament, and they brought in a, a strong field for this one. Virginia was there. North Carolina State was there. So that's three ranked teams plus – Kent State, Old Dominion, and, and Appalachian State. And Kent State and Virginia matched up on, on opening day, giving us a matchup of preseason All-American pitchers with Connor Jones for Virginia and Eric Lauer for Kent State. And, you know, the Virginia came out on top in that one. Lauer uh, was not as sharp with his command as he will be later in the year. You know, it's still early, and, um, you know, especially – on opening day, you don't you don't expect the those starters to be as sharp as they'll be in April and May. But he looked good, and, and Connor Jones looked looked great. He he threw really well for the Cavs, and you know he's going to have to step up for them this year uh, with with Kirby and Waddell uh, gone from that rotation. Uh, Connor Jones is is going to have to be 
kind of the guy now, and uh, he, he certainly looked like he was, he was going to be capable of that. And then on Sunday, Virginia played Coastal Carolina. That was a great game. Uh, Coastal edged Virginia. It was the, a record crowd for Coastal Carolina at their new gorgeous, gorgeous ballpark. It's, I, I walked in there, and it was, it was fantastic. They opened it last year, but th- this year is the first year that it's really all the way done, and uh, it really does look great. And at some point, I know that they, they hope that they can host a regional this year to, to show it off, and, and if and when they do, I, I think people will, uh, will be very excited to see it. You know, so yesterday, Coastal uh, comes out and, and gets a, a close win against Virginia, which, which obviously is a, a great win for the program, and they were very happy, very emotional um, game for, for those guys, playing with a lot of energy in front of that big crowd. And North Carolina State uh, also won two games in, in that uh, tournament. They lost on opening day to, to Old Dominion, but they came back and they beat Coastal the next day and, and then beat Kent State on Sunday. So the three ranked teams all get a couple wins down there, You know, all faced some good competition and, and tested themselves early and and came out looking pretty good, and, and I think they all can feel good about themselves for uh, for various reasons. And uh, you know they know what they know what they have to work on now, which is you know when you talk to coaches that that's what opening day is all an opening weekend is all about. You know they haven't been able to uh, to face another team, and, and so you don't know if you're if you're hitting good. Does that mean that that your hitters are, are actually you know at that level, or does it mean that your pitching is bad, and and vice versa? Well, across the country now, teams have a have a better feel for that. So that's why opening day is is uh, you know so exciting for everyone because they get to they get to finally face a, another jersey as as the coaches like to say. Final thoughts uh, on opening weekend, you guys. You know what did what are you taking away and and, and what are you looking forward to now as uh, as we move into week two? I'm looking forward to oh, we got a series here this weekend with uh, Carolina and Oklahoma State. So I'm looking forward to seeing some of those games. Uh, See if the Tar Heels can keep it up, and obviously the Cowboys are looking to bounce back from a little uh, kind of an underwhelming weekend of their own. They're going two and two. Um, yeah, and certainly, obviously, you, you know, tournament in Houston is going to be fun to watch. A lot of great teams there, and yeah, it's uh, I mean, it should be an exciting weekend. Yeah, no, I'm with Jim there. You know, I'm excited about the 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 series that we're going to have right in our backyard with Oklahoma State, North Carolina, and you know that Houston tournament is is probably going to be an interesting one as well. You know, a lot of solid clubs there. I'm kind of curious to see how, you know, some of the Pac-12 teams that we talked about here, you know, that struggled this week, I'm kind of curious to see how they respond and how they bounce back after this week. You know, especially UCLA with, with the questions that they had injury-wise and USC with just how shocking it was that they they lost that series. I'm just curious to see going forward, you know, how they're going to do. And, you know, uh, USC has a very interesting series against Wake Forest coming up. You know, Wake Forest is a team that, can certainly swing the bats and has the potential to, you know, make some noise this year, I think. So, you know, I'd kind of like to see how that series plays out. It's maybe an off-the-radar, you know, not top 25 series, but still one that interests me. Yeah, I mean, those are those are all good good points. And uh, also this weekend, uh, in addition to the, the Houston uh, tournament, which I will be at, um, we also have the Tony Gwynn tournament, which is a pretty solid field uh, out in San Diego. And we... The number one and number two teams in the poll, Florida and Louisville, they you know both swept this weekend. Florida uh, sweeping Atlantic Sun favorites and Gulf Coast, Florida Gulf Coast, and uh, Louisville sweeps um, 
Southern Illinois, Edwardsville, but they'll be a part of some big series this weekend. Florida goes down to Miami to play the Hurricanes in what will probably be the premier series of, of the weekend. And um, Louisville heads to Ole Miss, and you know the Rebels are, are a ranked team, and um, you know I'm sure that'll be a, a good series and, and definitely a test for the Cardinals that maybe they didn't get this weekend. So it, the further we go into into the season, you know, the more exciting these games get, and, and it's just good to have have college baseball back to talk about. So we'll be we'll be back on the the podcast here later this week. If you have questions about college baseball, you know, the top twenty five uh, this upcoming weekend, uh, feel free to send those in. Um, I'm at my email address is uh, tkhill at enthusiastnetwork.com, or you can you can tweet any one of us. Um, I'm at Ted Cahill, Mike is at M. Lanana, and Jim is at, at Jim Schonard, BA. Uh, you know, so let us know what, what you think and, and uh, what you're excited about, and we'll, uh, we'll maybe get to some of your questions later this week. Uh, until then, I've been Teddy Cahill. Thanks to, to Jim and Mike for joining me, and hope you all enjoyed the Baseball America podcast.